a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars. We thank those guys for coming on board, flyracing.com. Please check them out. Uh, anywhere your local dealer, just about any dealer carries fly racing nowadays. Uh, Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Zach Osborne, all running fly racing out there and uh, winning races and uh, the F2 carbon helmet with MIPS. The top of the line helmet out there and MIPS is a fantastic feature that they put um, standard on a lot of their helmets. And um, also two Maxxis tires, Jeremy McGrath developing an MXST a tire for Maxis. Check that out soon. I think next uh, month we're going to be launching that. And Alpine Stars, whether it's a Tech 10, Tech 7, the A4 chest protector, or anything that Alpine Star makes, the Bionic Neck support system either. Uh, Alpine Stars protects, and we know their names, and uh, we thank those guys for making it happen. Speaking of Jeremy McGrath, the guy on the line, knows a thing or two about MC, along with a lot of other guys. Comes from that era. Uh, a friend of mine used to uh, travel with him in my rookie year on the circuit. He's placed top five in a number of nationals, uh, national number holder for a long time, very, very talented rider, Gene Numack. What's up, Gene? How are you, man? Doing good, doing good. How about you? I'm good. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. We've been trying to do it for a while, but... Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I'm good. Uh, what's going on with you nowadays? What's happening? Uh, working, construction, which I guess... When you're an uh, ex-motocrosser, a lot of them kind of get into that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> um, the, the formative years of getting an education, uh, you were racing motorcycles. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. I, after racing, I've done a few things, car salesman and yep. stuff like that, and then uh, kind of fell into construction. Just, I'm working for a company right now that... Um, we do two things. We do um, roofing, like commercial-grade roofing, mm-hmm. like flat roofs. And um, we frame multi-family, like apartment complex. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I work in the framing division, and I help run that. doing anywhere from bids, closing deals, to running the jobs, setting the jobs up, getting them going, closing them out. So Where's, uh, kind of, where's home? Texarkana, Texas. Oh, okay. Yep. Same. I think but I, 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 right now, at this point, I'm a little bit homeless. <laughs> I travel so much. I got like places all over to live, like hotels, right? Like, <laughs> apartments here. The company does to put me down here for a job or something. Uh huh. So in Texarkana, I literally do not even have a house or anything at this point. <laughs> nice, nice, so, Gene. I like it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And you, you want to race me? 
This is what I keep hearing. Well, you know, now, I mean, Hedgie started all that. Yeah. I don't know if he started it, but he told me that. And I said, hey, you tell him I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. So, well, uh, I'm, I don't want anything part of you, dude. You top ten nationals. I want nothing to do with you on a dirt bike. Yes, we're well, both of us are no longer at our ideal riding weight anymore. But uh, yeah, I still don't want any part of you. The talent is there, Gene. It's probably deep and buried, but it's there. Well, I'm, I'm way, I'm way off pace. I'm way off pace, but <laughs> I'm always up to a challenge. If somebody wants to challenge me, I think it's you know fair. I don't. Max won't challenge me. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Right, right. If I think I got a chance. I'm ready to go. Uh, what about hey? So. I always tell this story, like, my first year of wrenching was 96. I got a job with the PJ1 Yamaha team, and uh, I was hanging with Shane Drew, and I got the job, and Paggio, you were riding Privateers, and then you were buddies with Anthony Paggio, who was uh, Mm -hmm. your buddy from back in the racing days, and Paggio was like, hey, we're taking Gene and his girlfriend and their kid around the country with you, with us, and I'm like, okay, like, all right. And that was my first experience to wrenching. Um, what do you remember about me being green Canadian kid wrenching? I know. I I honestly don't ever remember you being a big part of that. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't. I don't remember. I know this. It was like top secret because you know I'm like privateer guy. Yeah. Yep. Nothing. And Paggio's my boy, and it's like, hey man, just keep it down because I know like when you get to the race. All my stuff went out like behind your truck. Yeah, yep, like, yep. I didn't act like I was anything part of it. Then after the race, we was loaded up and <laughs> and and shoot it out to the next one. Yeah, and Padgett was like, "Yeah, don't tell anybody because the owners of the team doesn't, you know, they didn't want you traveling with us or whatever." But I remember being like, "This is yeah. super weird." I'm with Gene Newmack, who you know was a KX500 star. And here I am, and I'm, like, fresh from Canada. And I only worked from uh, High Point on. I wasn't there all year. And, um, okay. And uh, I'm, glad you, I'm glad I made so much lasting memories with you, Gene. <laughs> 96, if I, if I remember correctly, I think that was about my last year. I, it was. In the, really? in the vault, it says it was your last year, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I might have done – had to do one race in 97 and got hurt, and that's when I was like, yeah, look, no more, you know? <laughs> but – but 96 was funny because I I did that with you guys on some races, you know, thanks to pads. But um, I remember going to some supercrosses in my Ford Ranger pickup truck. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, parking right next to a semi, got in the main event and get, like, I don't know, 12 to 20 or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And after, after the main event, like, it was like I was practicing. Like, my ramp was down. So I come off the main event and ride my bike right up the ramp into my truck. <laughs> Take my gear off and like, see you guys later. Yeah, I'm head back to Florida. Yeah, know? yeah, that was crazy. You, you don't see that no more, much. No, you, know? you do not see that. You don't see main event guys in pickup trucks very often. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. Uh, it's yeah. You were a very talented rider for sure for a long time. Now you're from New England, right? Like up there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm a I'm a old New England boy. Okay, so, so what? Like, so you growing up? So this is so you turned pro in '89. Um, you were a fast amateur kid. So like, Barton and and all those guys were the the heroes back then. Um, for you as a oh, kid? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, locally, yeah, yeah. You know, it was them guys I grew up racing against, like Mike Treadwell. Okay. Yeah. Keith Johnson. 
man, you know, them guys since I was a little kid. Still, but Chuckle just texted me a little bit ago. Oh, did he? Asking me about Swank, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, grew up racing with them guys that are a little older than me. Well, I think me and Keith are about the same age. Treadwell is a little older. But, you know, it's kind of like anybody, man. You uh, When you're up there in the wintertime, you want to race, you want to ride, you go to Florida. Yeah. So you start off going to Florida for about a month, then after years you're down there for several months, and then it's like I never go back home. I just stay down there. Because, yeah, I, you know, like nobody thinks of you, like, you know, Henry and, and Treadwell and KJ. They're all yeah. New England guys. No one thinks of you as one of those dudes, but you are. You know, you just left. Yeah. Yeah, by, by the time I was 16, I was full-time Florida. Never never went back to that again. Um, when did you start thinking that you could, like, be serious in motocross? Like, when did you start, like, thinking, hey, man, I want to make a career of this? I don't know if I ever did. I just kind of, <laughs> it was worked into it. Yeah? You just got better and better? Yeah. You know, step to step, man. I, you know, it's like. You know, it's like you always wanted to race when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Rick Johnson, Johnny O'Mara were, like, just gnarly all over your walls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I didn't know you made money at it. <laughs> so I felt like, I was, I was wondering where, I felt like Johnny O'Mara worked at Wendy's. That's what I thought. I remember thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, money? What? Money? Really? Yeah, yeah. I just thought you raced dirt bikes. That's it. You know, your parents pay for everything. I didn't know it cost money to go do this stuff. Um, but, um I know. As I got older, going through the amateur stuff, it, you yeah. know, you're just kind of you're working that way. And so, uh, he been finds you at Team Green, or somebody at Team Green finds you at some point. Yeah, well, um, let's see. In '83, I started riding Kawasaki's um, out of a local dealership in Connecticut, Midtown Kawasaki. Mm-hmm. McCann family, great McCann, great family. They were, you know, big racers up there. Um, I think, man, my first Team Green ride was 94. Okay. I don't know how it really, I mean, 84 is a 94. Yeah. 84. I don't really know how it came about. Just um, going all amateur races, and then all of a sudden they, they start sponsoring you. And I, all the way to 92, I rode Team Green. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a long time. So what do you first remember, like, what was your first memory of going to Southwick National? as a kid and seeing these guys like Johnny O and RJ? I don't, I mean, I have more of a memory, believe it or not, way back was, uh, my first memory of all that was more of uh, a Fox Bowl Supercross in okay. 80, early 80s or something. Watching them do that there. That to me was, uh, was awesome. It was freezing cold. I remember that night. Yeah. I don't remember watching them a lot at Southwick now, so they're okay. with you. And as a kid, I was always into jumping. Yeah, yeah. Southwick wasn't like my favorite track. <laughs> and hey, you were you, know? you were always a bigger dude and you made your name really riding five hundred nationals and you did well in Supercross too, but I'm guessing for you like one twenty fives was just never an option, right? Or did you did you think about trying to come through you know, the pro circuit stuff and all that? I was on for them when I was probably about 13. Yeah, done. Yeah, I honestly, I was uh, talking this with my son the other day. I think I was on 500 when I was 15. 
<laughs> Jesus, wow. Yeah, I was 250s and 500s by I was 15. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is what it was. Because 89, I believe, I raced, well, I did 500 National. I came yeah. out of the red as I went to 500 National in 89, so I was born in 73. So what do you... What's the math on that? When do, What do you remember about your first... So 18th overall at Broome, you went... Uh, you went 38-14 for your first national. 14th place in the second moto. Good job. What do you remember? I remember crashing out the first moto. <laughs> yeah. I remember not a lot of pressure on me because nothing was really expected. But yeah. uh, yeah. just went out to the first moto and was like, I don't know, whatever. And uh, just kept crashing. Nothing hard. Yeah, yeah. Just falling over. Just kept falling over. And then... <laughs> uh, uh, Second moto, yeah, yeah, I remember. You said fourteen, right? It was something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, fourteen. Yeah, just just going out there and riding, not crashing, just riding, and I got fourteen. Yeah, so that's pretty good, that's man. That's what got me my. That's what got me my national number. Which so. it was eighty nine. What was it? Ninety eight. Ninety eight, and uh, barely so squeaked it. I have it mixed. I remember up. one. Uh, um, I think it was Scott Stouffer or something. He was uh, Dogger's mechanic. Yep, from Kawasaki. I think that was the name, Scott. Yeah, yep, I don't yep. no, it is. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I remember him telling my parents, "You know, you'll probably get a national number." I'm like, "Dude, I got like 14 full moto. That's all I got." Listen, <laughs> he's like, "That will probably get you in there." And it did. <laughs> nice. Um, you yeah. never really got any team. Like, were you on a team ever? Like, did you ever, did you ever get like a team ride of any sort? Even one that took your bike to the races? No, no. I don't no. remember that. There yeah. wasn't a lot of that back then, man. I'm telling you. No, I like know, I know. Yeah. You rode for either the four factories or there wasn't much left. You yeah. know? Yep. There's like nothing. Um I was Team Green two ninety two and then BSY helped me out. But you know, yeah. they they were great people, don't get me wrong, and it was a um a good time, but you know, they didn't have the budget. We weren't rolling semis, we weren't doing all the races, we were just doing selected of events you know what i'm saying yeah i know it's a different time man than than now yeah. you know uh you go to the races Absolutely. now like what when you go now you're just like holy shit right you're probably like wow look at this it's it's big time it's kind of cool the people ain't so out in the open as much you no. know yeah they're not even me i can get the passes and all that but everybody's just hitting in the semi if i you know Security guys will ask me if I just try walking in people's semis. You know? <laughs> Padge, Padge can take you everywhere, dude. It's fun. Padge don't go no more. I know he doesn't. He's lost his yeah. he's lost his coreness, bro. We should tell him that. He's lost his coreness. Yeah. Um, he's big time. He's, he's big time. huge. He's a huge. Um, so yeah. okay, so we'll get to Brian Swink, uh, who just uh, passed away recently. We'll get to him and his stories. But one of the things that Red Dog told me, and and I, you know. I, Go way back with Timmy, and he said, "I think this was in New England, Gene. Maybe you can correct me though. You guys had a, your dad built you a track or something in New England, and it had the stupidest jumps ever." Red Dog said, "And not you wouldn't jump them, but Swink would. And one time, what Timmy or you were saying, um, hey, Gene, what's your dad's name?" Gene. Oh, hey, big Gene. Big Gene. Big Big Gene. These jumps, they're no good. Like, you got to fix these jumps coming out of some pit or something. And your dad was like, Swink jumps them. You guys are pussies. Swink jumps them. And and Red Dog said that was the guy. Like, if Swink jumped it, then it was fine. And Brian was incredibly talented on a motorcycle. But is that story true? Uh, 
That is absolutely true. I can't believe you know that story because that is very correct. Yes. But this was, it was my my house in Florida. Oh, it's Florida. Florida. Okay. All right. Built a super cross track. And all the jumps were big booters, you know, and I'm right. saying just big old takeoffs, big landings. And we had to, because it's sand, so we dig down in our field to pull the clay out to build most of the jumps. So we made them parts of the track. We made like yeah. come to pit jump. You double right. into this pit, and then you just like, it's like cliff jump coming out, yeah. and you're just like, yum, yum, <laughs> yum, and it just comes straight back, right, right, double. And everybody hated it. Every single person that got hurt on that track that's ever rode there. Yeah, I remember I would tease Red Dog because he would jump it, but some days he wouldn't jump them. He'd go around them. Yeah, like, what are you going around the jump for, man? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and he said that your dad, your dad's whole criteria was if Swink could jump it, then it was fine. It, it's totally true. Well, what would happen is if we'd be out there pounding out some laps. Yeah, out there all day riding, pounding out laps, and all of a sudden, big jeans on the dozer. Tracks too easy. That was his mentality. <laughs> if you could jump everything on this track twenty laps in a row, it's too easy and you're not getting no better. <laughs> Man, he fired up that dozer, everything got bigger and further apart, taller, everything. <laughs> and everybody's like, Dad, you're gonna get people this is crazy. And that's what he would say. He's like if what well, he said one time was uh if Swank comes down here, he's coming tomorrow. If he comes down here and jumps everything, it stays. If he can't jump it, I'll mellow it back out. Hey, I would I would call Swank. I'm like, okay, look, Swank, Dad's going crazy down here. This stuff is scary. Even if you can jump it, please don't do it. Please. <laughs> this is out of control. Oh, and that's yes. funny. So yeah, so it's true. It's true. Yes. Um, yes. And so when do you meet a young Tim Ferry? When he's up in New England and all that or down in Florida? No, man, when, when I was in Florida. Okay. I had my first memories of a red dog. He's a little younger than me. And uh, 80s, maybe 7-Eleven 80s. Okay. So yep. Florida winter and stuff. Um, uh, they call it Diamondback Track in Cocoa, Florida. Yeah, Cocoa yeah, Coco Beach. I wasn't yeah, around, was like, but I, I saw photos. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of the roughest tracks in the country ever. It was, it was crazy. Um, Red Dog, I think he was riding a Honda or something, if I remember correctly. I'd usually beat him every weekend. It wasn't that big of a deal. But you get to that track, mm-hmm. right there, that track, and he would get you, you know. So every <laughs> time I went there, I'd be like, oh, you know, oh, Red Dog, he's going to be yeah. gonna be hot here, he's, you know. He was a good sand rider but, for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, Just so what about Brian? Uh, obviously, uh, I knew him a little bit, nowhere near that you did. Uh, troubled, you know, life kind of after he quit riding. A phenomenal rider who, you know, probably didn't get all he could out of his out of his talents, and maybe that maybe that was part of the problem with him later on. Um, but yeah, we lost him uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know that 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 has to hurt you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was tough, man. When I when I got the phone call. And heard about it. It was uh, it was painful, man. Me and him were real close, mm-hmm. of course. Yep. I moved to Texas, so we were pretty far apart, but we stayed in touch, met up some. Um, so it was, I lost somebody that was close to me. You know, I felt, but yep. yeah, he, he had some problems. Most people know he 
he had a problem with alcohol. Yep. You know, um, and let me tell you, man, when you, a lot of people have a hard time transferring from professional motocross yes. into the regular world. Yes. Because even, especially somebody like Swank, you're a hero in the motocross eyes. People want your autograph. They look up to you, even if you weren't that good, if you're like me. <laughs> and the day you stop that, yeah. you go hit this normal job, you're nobody. You're just getting yelled at. Yeah, yeah you're and right. And you're like, well, yeah. wait a minute, man. You know, <laughs> hey, a month ago, some chick wanted to have sex with me because I gave her my jersey, you know? Right. Yes, yes, and, yes. And, and, and now you're told to pick up the shovel and dig the ditch. Let's go, you loser. Do it. Right, you know, right. It's, 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 it could be tough for a lot of people. Absolutely. You're 100% right. Yep. Um, but, um uh, so it's, and then when you get into these jobs, and I'm not saying, you know, this is what made Brian start, but it starts off like, Hey, what are you doing after work? Let's go get a beer, mm-hmm. you know? And then you start drinking and it gets more and more and more. And yeah. before you know it, you can't stop, man. You're drinking every day. It gets out of control. Yeah. 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 It's uh it's sad, man, for sure. And people tried to help them and, you know, ultimately like when you talk to Dogger or any of these guys that have had issues, if they don't want to help themselves, it'll never work. And and Brian didn't seem like he he wanted to help himself, you know, which is also sad. Um, I've, I know a lot of people have tried. A lot of people tried. And yep. To no prevail, though. I can tell you that. Um, phenomenal rider, wasn't he? Wasn't he good? <laughs> I mean, this is how I explain it is, yeah, he didn't win the most races or championships, but – just one of the probably this guy could think of three excellent guys that could ride a motorcycle better than anybody I knew. He was one of them. McGrath told me in Troy, Ohio, in '96 or '97. Swear to God, he told me that he'll watch Brian to see what can be jumped and what can't be. That's the truth. Brian did. Yeah, he did that all the time in Supercrosses. Right, right, right. I, I have seen him. Um, one time where they used to put the wall before the triple. You go up to the wall, yeah, then you roll down it and you hit the triple. Remember how that was yep. standard? Yeah, I've seen them on press day a couple of times. Hit that wall and downside the first one of the triple and double out. <laughs> really? Yeah. Just, yeah. And like, they changed the track because he could do that and nobody else was doing it. Right. Right. You're like, hey, what are you doing, dude? Jeez. Um, yeah. It's like, how do you how do you do that? That's crazy. Yeah. He would. He was stuff like that. Little things too that he could do on a dirt bike where you would be like, "That's that's impossible. You can't do that." And you're like watching him do it. Yeah. Like, what? Uh, I went to his place one time in in Ocala, I think it was in Florida, and yeah. it was that sand supercross track where you had to duck your head over trees and you had to kind of hit a jump at an angle so you didn't fly into a tree and and it was just like, I think I was with Birdwell, yeah. Ty Birdwell. He's like, I don't want to ride here. This sucks. This is. It was yeah, so he t- wouldn't let you. He wouldn't grade it either. That was one of the rules. Yeah, <laughs> it would get so rough and cuffed out and stuff, and you're like, "Dude, let's get in the tractor and fix this up." Nope, motocross. <laughs> this is the way it stays. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's why people like didn't like it. A lot of people come out like, "Dude, this thing's like gnarly. We can't ride here." <laughs> oh and man, he would just be wide open around that track. Honda came there one time to do some testing with Stanton and stuff. And I remember he got out there and rode with them guys one time, and it was just like he made Jeff Stanton look like he was a B rider yeah. on that track. It was ridiculous. 
Yeah, I believe it, man. He was talented. He could ride a bike. Yeah. And, and he told me he should have never left Pro Circuit. And, uh, you know, and um, he's like, that was the biggest mistake I made. And I can't really argue with him. You know, he won he won at Suzuki, yeah. but on the 125 only, you know, so. Yeah, we've, we've, you weren't the only one you heard that. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, getting back to you. So, in, you got the number uh, 98. You hit the circuit next year, Tampa, 18th place, Charlotte, 14th. This is all in Supercross. So are you you're making most of the mains or every main you pretty much line up for? Do, were you comfy at Supercross? I think every race, I don't think I missed a main that I raced. I could be wrong, but until 92 or something like okay, that. Okay, so I yeah. made a main event. Yeah, so every time you lined up, you were in the main. Never rode the whole series. Yeah. I wasn't contracted to ride that, so right. I was doing it on my whole. We were doing it on our own. Yeah, it was. I was still King Green. It was Loretta's, Minio's, things like that. Did you like that new ninety so, KX two fifty? Remember, it had the perimeter frame. Did you like that thing? Oh, I loved it. You did? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I did. I remember. It was awesome. I remember doing like the. Uh, um, I think I did that one. I don't know what a few years. You know, I used to have to go like back in March and you do like testing, endurance testing on yeah. them for California. Oh, you really? You, yeah, you had that kind of gig. Yeah. Yeah, they fly up to California and you do like five thirty-minute motos a day. Hey, they're like five uh, guys all on the same bike. They're like, look at the size of this guy. He'll break it. Something will break. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. That was that was about it. Um. Yeah. So you got sixth overall in the 500 Nationals two years in a row. And, like, yes. just nobody like nobody came sniffing around for more support or anything. I mean, obviously, look, the 500s weren't stacked back then, but they, sixth overall was no joke, Gene. So, um, well, you know. Let me tell you, though, I got robbed because you only got six rounds. Yeah. So you got 12 motos. Mm hmm. And I DNF four motos. Really? Oh shit! Yeah, so I should have been like a way ahead fifth place. Oh wow! So I think one year Dogger beat me by like not many points, and then somebody else beat me one year by not many points. I think that's what it was. Here, you have to go back look it up. But um, you know what it was too is uh, yeah, Dogger beat you by like thirty five points one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, and that was like I said, a DNF four moto. Yeah, and he beat me by thirty five points. Yeah, so. yeah. Why'd you DNF? Crashing or bike breaking? No, it was uh, flywheel keys always snapped on that bike. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and it, that's what it was. Every every moto, you would just just it would just break off into the, on top of into the flywheel, crank off, crank, break off, yeah, the crank. Yeah, the, the factory guys had cranks and flywheels with two keys in them. Okay, because that was a common problem. Yep, yep. I, I couldn't get one. I remember, <laughs> I remember my dad telling him, "Look, well, I'll buy it." Yeah, we just want one, and they wouldn't ever supply me with one, which was I thought weird, but yeah, who knows? A um, couple of fifth overalls; those are like that's awesome, man. Like, yeah, it feels so good to yeah. finish top five overall at a national. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you like it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gene. Five hundred for good, though. You know, yeah. I mean, like I said, I was a bigger guy. I was over two hundred pounds. Yep. And um, the 500 fit me good. I, I tell people all the time that track we were talking about at my house. Yep. I could turn faster lap times on my 500 than I can on my 250. 
<laughs> really, huh? Around my super yeah, yeah, track, yeah. Around your super track. The whoops, I would destroy whoops on a 500. <laughs> destroy them. Nice. There's so much power, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. When the four strokes first came in, that was where they really had the advantage. They could just move, plow through yeah. whoops, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Sim- yeah. Similar idea, I would guess. Race tech suspension and engines, people. Pulpum X18 is the code to save. Breaking through the limitations of OEM designs, Racetech specializing in high-performance suspension, parts, service, and setups, modifying stock suspension components to perform at the highest level. Discover why more top privateers trust Racetech, guys like the HEP Suzuki team, and many more in the pits use Racetech for their suspension and engines mods. Pulpamex 18, you can save using the code. Please check them out, Racetech.com. Do it. Maxxis Tires, from your bike to your truck, and almost everything with wheels in between. Maxxis Tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating your competition. One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis delivers high-quality tire products that perform no matter what the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, just ask the king, Jeremy McGrath. So at what point do you move to Florida? With Jeff Glass. When does that happen? Well, I moved, like I said, when I was a kid, I'd go down there in the winter. Yeah, time. yeah. And you would stay, stay. We did several years, the old campground, motorhome gig. Yep. And my dad finally bought a house there in Brooksville. Okay. And so it's like you go down and you stay for a month, and before you know it, you're staying for three months, and before, then you're staying like you're down there before November, and you ain't coming out through March. You right, know? right, right. And then it was like by the time I was 16, so around 89, I think I was 16, 89. Um, you're just down there. I'm down there full time. Are you not going, are you going to school? I didn't go to school much. <laughs> I didn't go to school I didn't go much. to school much. <laughs> I remember, uh, I didn't go to school. I was supposed to do school work and I wouldn't keep up on it, but somehow or another I kept passing. And then uh, when I was in high school, I was just like over it, and I walked out. I'm like, I ain't doing school no more. My parents let me not do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And then it was like a month. Check this out. It was like a month. I was like, hey, you know what, Dad? I'm going to go back to school. You want to go back to school? Go to school. I went back to school in high school, like ninth grade. Uh-huh. And I made about half the day, walked back out. <laughs> nah, I'm not into it. And never walked back. <laughs> Please don't tell your son that. Don't don't tell that, him. That. Oh, he's twenty four. I made him graduate. Oh, is that and the, it was it was it wasn't easy, but yeah, he 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 barely did it, but he did it. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Um, so you're down in Florida by yourself at this age? Well, um, you know, my parents own a, a Ford dealership in Connecticut. Okay. So I'm down in Florida at this age myself. My mom always stayed down at me. They started having problems with the Ford dealership. You know, things were getting tight. So my mom had to go up there and help all the time. So I'm thinking, I'm, uh, 90, 1990. I mean, I'm 17 years old, 16, 17 years old. Cause I turned February, so whatever. But, um, yeah, I'm down there all by myself. Like, everybody's crashing down there. Yeah. I mean, there's just people sleeping everywhere in the house, every couch, every bed. <laughs> so <laughs> There's box vans all loaded up everywhere. People are sleeping in their box vans. 
your house is just a flop house for pro riders. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. And then, you know, when you're 17 years old, it's just like, then you got a bunch of them all put together. And then, you know, and Glassy was there. Of course, he's eight years older than me. But, uh, you know, he'd always come and stay with me. It's like everybody wants to try to pick up chicks. So we used to have so many girls coming in and out of there. It was just, <laughs> it was a nut house. It was so out of control. <laughs> I mean, it was nuts. Cops were constantly over every night. Because we'd get up, we'd get up, and then we would ride, go run or something. And then it was like, I built a volleyball court with lights. Wow. And we'd be doing that until like 2 in the morning. <laughs> and, I mean, cops would be showing up. We'd have girls over there. It was, it was uh, a madhouse. It was a madhouse. You got to focus on moto, Gene. You got to be focusing on working out and doing motos. I know, but, you know, I guess when you're young and they give you a lot of freedom, yeah. it's just kind of, um, you know, it's just, hey, it was better than drugs, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Know, nope. We all could have been doing drugs. You're right about that. No, you're sure. Um, what we, about? We had them, hey, I had them coming in groups. Okay. Yeah, like like a group of girls would come from like six to eight at night. Okay. And they would leave. And then another group would come from eight to ten. And they would have to leave. No, wait, I'm sorry. They would come from 8 to 10, 10 to midnight. Then the ones at midnight were really bad. <laughs> and they they would come in until whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, we were at Swink's funeral. Jeff Glass was like, I remember the like, ones from like 8 to 10 would get you like 1 to 3 years. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> then you go 3 to 5, and then, well, I don't know, 5 to 10 or something. Oh, something boy. Like yeah, so. see, we needed more focusing on moto back then. That's really what we needed. It's, um, hey, it's it's different you, now, ain't it? Oh, for sure. Would you would you ever go ride Kroom? Like for, I mean, I'm, that used yeah. to be kind of the spot to go to, to train for nationals. Yep. I live seven miles from Kroom, so we would hit Kroom. Mm-hmm. Um, we would ride out there some, not a whole lot, but we would ride out there because nationals, I was gone in the summertime. If I was doing nationals, I was always up at Jeff Glass's house in Pennsylvania, um, riding and training up there. And, uh, they have field of dreams, dream fields or whatever. Um, yeah. 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 His baseball fields he did. Yeah. That's what his company was called or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, you did that. Yeah, we went there in 96, when you don't remember me, and Jeff Willow drank some moonshine and almost died, I think. I think he almost died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it get crazy up there, too. Yeah, people would get nuts. So you stayed in the crib? Yeah, upstairs. God almighty, man. You know, I, I can't believe I don't really remember you that well Jeez. way back then. Well, I was just a scared Canadian watching all you guys. I'm like, is this what really goes on with Gene Newmack and Jeff Glass? Is this really what yeah. happened? Yeah. Um, it was wild. It, it get wild up there, too. Just There'd be so many people sometimes up there. Oh, did shit. you ever go on Jeff? Did you ever go on Jeff Glass's roof? No. Okay, you don't know what I'm talking about, then, do you? No, I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm, like I'm lost. There was an attic crib thing yep. in the, in the, in the garage or something, right? Where everybody stayed, just full bunk bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's above where. the garage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was called the crib. Okay, the roof. Don't yeah. know. Don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I'm missing that. The house part. You know, Jeff. Okay. Yep. Jeff's room was upstairs in the house. Okay. 
and let's just say some things would be going on in his bedroom. And you give like people will crawl up. Oh, you can crawl in the room house and look through the window. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just trying to fill you out, man. Yeah. I don't know what happened when you were there. You no, know? no, I do. I was not involved in that. But uh, hey, and what about so when you think of glass and you in in, in a in a non in a PG way, there was a Mountain Dew commercial or something you did. I remember you telling me about this one time. Um, yeah. How did that happen? Where was it? What was that all about? You remember Get Vertigo with Dew? Yeah, I do. Right, that's right. <laughs> that was Washougal National. Uh huh. Uh, to say ninety or ninety one, one of them years. There, you're up there. You're doing sign up for the national. You know how you used to do sign up the day before or whatever. Yeah. Tech or I don't know how they do it anymore. Yeah. But um, there's a table sitting out there, and you can sign up to audition for a Mountain Dew commercial. Okay. And of course, Glassy wanted to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm like, well, we're going to talk to the people, and we're like, well. What's the deal? Oh, you got to come back Monday to audition for it. Well, how much are you going to pay if we do it? And they're like, it'll last three days. It'll be like three hundred bucks a day. And I was like, Nah, Jeff, I don't want to hang around, man. Let's just go back to Pennsylvania. You yeah. know? Yeah. I don't want to hang around for that. And he's like, Oh man, no way. We could be on a commercial. You know, all glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about how cool that would be. <laughs> so. He talked me into it, and we stayed Sunday night up there, and went back out there to audition for this thing, and it was just full glass. He just showing us the whole time, right, do this, follow me, this is what they'll like to see. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay, all right. <laughs> he's giving, like, the director these T-shirts and hats. I mean, he's got the full sales mode on. But uh-huh. we ended up getting it. We got the part, so... Just you two? And was it just you two? No, it was um, myself, Glass, um, Keith Johnson, KJ was in it. Okay. And um, Jason McCormick, Ryan Huffman. You remember them? Yeah, yeah. Or, oh, yeah. You obviously know Ryan yeah. Huffman. Right? Yeah. Jason McCormick, he was really good back in the day. Uh, and there was another guy that rode like ATK, and I forgot his name. Uh, so Zitterkoff? No, no. It was like nobody would have known. Oh, okay. He was local. And, and somehow he he got on there. Like Lance Mail tried for it, and they didn't pick him. <laughs> Just sorry, Lance? You're not good enough? I don't know. W- w- what they do is you do these tryout things, and they ask you to do certain things, and they make you do these like little acting skills. You oh, know? okay. Yeah, yeah. And then riding skills, and they tell you to go home. So you got... You know, nine hundred bucks. And we're like three days. Yeah, we're like, well, we're going to Pennsylvania. If you want to do it, we should just stay here. And they said, no, go to Pennsylvania. But whatever. So we drove. We drove all the way back to uh, Jeff Glass's house in Pennsylvania, and they just call you. They finally just like called us like I don't know a week later, and said, hey, we want you to come back out. Oh, so it was just an audition. It wasn't the commercial shoot. It was just the audition. Got it. Yeah, that was just an audition. That okay. was um, Monday after the race, and they said, "Go home." Go That's home. They did. Got it. So they called and said, "Hey, we want to use you guys. Come back out." So we're like, "Dude, we just got home, man. We got to." <laughs> so, anyways, they to make a long story short, they rented the bikes and they did all that, and they flew us back out. 
Nice. So they put us up in a hotel. I mean, it was a spread, dude. It was, they haul you out to the track. You're like on the bike before the sun comes up. Right. And you're on the bike when the sun goes down. They cater all the food out. Wow. Everything. And it was a. It was a pretty cool commercial. It was a pretty cool commercial. Yeah, and we got paid like a lot more than they said, so it worked out. Did you get residuals or just one one thing? Yeah. No, we got residuals. We got, um, you got, you got paid for the days of filming, which was, I don't know, and then you got started getting residuals, but it was like 30, 40 grand or something like that. Oh, wow. Total. Really? Total. Oh, that, wow. That yeah. we all got, that we all got from it, so. Dude. It worked out good. Glassy making you stay back, you owe him. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. He used to bring that up to me all the time. Good thing he don't know more. But, you know, we had a good time. Me me and Jeff and uh, um, Key Johnson, we were, like, stayed in the same hotel. So yeah. we were always messing um, around, of course. Yeah, of course, right? Do you wish yeah, yeah. Do you wish you had taken racing a little more seriously? You know? I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't regret nothing. I'm not that type of guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever think about the past. I always right. look forward. I've I mean, been that way for years. Don't get me wrong. Guys would kill for your results, you know, what you have. I'm not saying, you you know, you were, you have really good results. But, as you yeah. said, it was it was also looking for a good time a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, it just, um, you know, but it was like that back then, though. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, I mean, I don't want to call people out, but the dude winning every Supercross race was doing stuff, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like he was stuck in a training factory, and that's all he was doing, you know? No, for sure, yeah. You know, it's different by this, by this, By this, you mean the Supercross championship, not winning every Supercross. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he almost won every Supercross, probably. Right. Um, In the 90s. Oh, oh! I thought you meant now, back in the nineties, right? Yes. No, no, no. I'm saying back in my time, yeah. winning all the Supercross was out doing things. Yes, you know, of course. Yeah, he he was right there with you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he wasn't stuck in some training facility. He was, right. you know, he was having some fun. But yeah. you could always do better. You could have always done whatever I've done in life. Yeah, if you go back, you think about it. Yeah, yeah. we could have always done better. We could have always done more, but. Um, what are you going to do, you know? What's your best story with MC that you could share with us that, that could be public knowledge? Um, with MC? Yeah. I didn't hang out with MC a lot, but I know where you're getting at because I still get asked this a lot. Is it, you talking about the fight we got in? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're getting at. Yeah. Um, uh, me and MC were friends, yep. but it wasn't, we weren't like together all the time, buddies, but you know, uh-huh. sometimes you group of people get together, you hang out, so yeah. I was friends with them. We did the Loretta Lynn's together and stuff like that. MC's always been a cool guy, but um, it was after da- one of the Daytona Supercrosses, uh-huh. we'd go out to the club that night, and my girlfriend at the time was with me, you know, it was a, like a long-time girlfriend, you know what I'm saying. And you can see him. He just kept hitting on her and stuff. And you're like, okay, stop it. Yeah, I was just like, whatever. At first, I was like, whatever. And then you get drinks and you, you know what I'm saying? And um, everybody's there. You're talking about Valancourt, Treadwell, 
All my buddies are there. It was, you know, just everybody's out at this place after the race. Everybody. And um, everybody be coming up to me and be like, Glassy was there and stuff. They're like, what's, what's up with McGrath? Why? He knows that's your girl. What's he doing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Don't worry about it. So, it, it, anyways, it kept carrying on. So, also, I think I told Treadwell and them guys, I was like, all right, I'm going to end this. I said, he was out in the dance floor with her. I said, as soon as he comes off, I'm just going to punch him in the face. <laughs> and they're like, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to end this right now. They're like, okay, Mac, whatever. So when he just came off, I just punched him in the face. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, it, it ended. You didn't ever try to hit on her again. Not that I know of anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the big brawl kind of broke out. They threw me out. But oh, they did. Yeah, I, I yeah. thought it was more you know, of a of a back and forth fight. I didn't really know it was that kind of no, quick. No, okay. No, it was him walking up to me and me swinging as hard as I can right to his face, <laughs> and that was that was about it. He dropped, and then this is it. I told Treadwell and them guys because I'm like, well, if something breaks out, you know. We're yeah. all like the biggest guys in yeah. motocross. Yeah, you, know? you and Treadwell, I'm big like, dudes, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, Valencourt, I think he used to just bend Ransall bars with his bare hands, you know? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're, we got this, no problem. Well, I hit him, and who's the first people to jump on me? It's like, Treadwell, <laughs> what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? What do you mean? I told you what I'm going to do. You know? uh, I, He's like, what the heck are you doing? You're like, so, I told you this was going to happen, Tread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, you know how it is. They throw yep. you out. Oh, yeah, I know. It's it's uh, it's a funny story. I've heard I've heard it over the years for sure. It was almost an East West Tupac Biggie thing. You you tread KJ, all the East guys and MC and the yeah. SoCal guys, right? Yeah, because there, there was like a little East West. Even though we were friends, we would tease each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and of course, you're talking about the 125s at that time. Um. McGrath, well, this is one of the 250s, but when it was 125s, you know, of course, McGrath would weigh them all. But we had the swing start. He'd weigh them all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Swink was our East Coast guy. Swinkter's one of us. Yeah, yeah. He's one of us. So, um, But it was a uh, well, good time. Uh, what, was your, what was your best race you ever had? Is there a race or two that stands out for you? I don't know. I had. Okay. You're saying back in I think ninety you mentioned Tampux, I believe that was my first supercross. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I don't know what the results were, but I made the main event. And I didn't think I could do that. There was the privateers like Jason Buttle, you remember them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've rode with him before and I saw how guys like he was doing, you know, on the bubble. Uh-huh. Usually they were, I believe. I was like, well, I don't know what I could do. I didn't know what I could do, but, man, I got out there. I think I made it out of semi. I don't know. So I was really pumped about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Of course, tired out in the main event, you know. Um, Then we went to Charlotte. I got third in the heat race. Nice. And that was my second one. I remember because I had a better gate pick than Bradshaw. I went up there. I told Bradshaw, move aside. He's like, did you get third? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I want this gate. And he just laughed. He's like, good job, dude. Yeah, good job. moved over. Get out of my gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, I grew I, I knew David pretty well. We, You know, I grew up racing with him ever since yeah. we were yeah. little guys on 80s. You did, know? He ever, did he ever try to take you out or get insane with you at certain points? Bradshaw? Yeah. No. Okay. 
No, never, never remember one time. He was, he was awesome. I mean, yeah, beast from the east, brother. You know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. He was. He was a bad dude, man. Hard to. Yeah. Hard to tell people kind of how much he, how popular he was, and how how much of a force he was in in moto now. But yeah, yeah. He he was a lot better. I mean, we had that one. I I I don't know how, but I got a third in heat. So that one time. But usually back when we were pro, I mean, geez, he was. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. If he was going to take me out, it was when he came and laughed at me. Probably. You yeah, know yeah, what I'm yeah. 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 For sure. But, um, a race that I always remember was Washugo, I think, 1990, uh-huh. 500 National. Yeah. Um, Rick Johnson. He was number 13. He was not the Rick Johnson, but, hey, he was still Rick Johnson. First lap, passed him. Right off the start, we got terrible starts. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And... I come through the pack, and he was just a little behind me. Man, we came all the way up to fifth or seventh, somewhere in there. I can't remember. And I had him back there, and we were whittling down the last couple laps, and I was tired. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to beat Rick Johnson, dude, and I passed him. <laughs> he was like my childhood yeah, hero. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, I'm and I passed him. Oh, my God, I'm going to beat Rick Johnson. And then he started whittling me in those last couple laps, you know, and I just had that, that little comfort lead on him. Yeah. And it was not even a half a lap to go, and he come in and snuck inside on me, man. I was like oh, so he, mad because he passed me, but yet I was so pumped because I'm like, dude, I battled with Rick Johnson. And he's like, know? who the hell is this number 98? That's what he's yeah. thinking. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. You know, and I was like. That's a cool story. I was yeah. a little kid, man. He was like, him and Osho were real big to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, dude, that's an awesome story. Like, that is remarkable. You're just like, I cannot believe I'm beating Rick Johnson. I just passed <laughs> Rick Johnson. <laughs> and I think a lot of people that were first turned pro would probably tell you the same type of story, you know? Like, you're just turning pro. Your childhood hero is, like, in his last year. He's heading out. Yeah. And you get to race it, dude, or maybe have a chance to battle him sometime at one time. It's 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 awesome yeah you know no absolutely i i agree it's pretty cool um yeah. all right anything else did we cover everything gene uh well, i mean the stories yeah. that aren't going to get you in trouble i should say that you know no i don't know no <laughs> uh i don't know uh, but what about our race it's not happening huh i don't want to race you i guarantee you you're still really good I'm not that good. I'm not that good. But, hey, and I don't even really ride that much. But I'll tell you this. I'm always interested if you hear about people. I'm always after fat guys out there because I claim to be the world's fastest fat guy. I, I bet you you are. I, I bet so you So if there's any fat riders out there mm-hmm. well, <laughs> that want a challenge, Tran- I'm ready to go. Trans World Motocross had a Clydesdale race. Class. Clydesdale class. I saw that a lot of people like were tagging me in posts on that, and I read it, and it was like two twenty up. Uh huh. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, dude, two twenty. I was I was making Supercross main events at two twenty <laughs> on a two fifty two stroke. <laughs> You're like, that and ain't like, shit. That, that ain't shit. Yeah, you're gonna have to do a lot better than that. So that didn't, <laughs> that didn't excite me. I was making two fifty Supercross main events at two twenty. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and that's no lie. I no, mean, I know, no, I, I, absolutely. I, I, I can, I can, I can back that statement up. Um, yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was a nice career, man. It was uh, a fun career at that, and uh, you know, if we had yeah, a, yeah. if we had more time, we could get more into it, and and then you would get in huge trouble nowadays, probably. But um, yeah, you, you, you don't do that nowadays. No, you know? no, no, you don't want to do that. They're, they're lap pounders, though, guys. Too, you know, they, it's like they don't even ride for the enjoyment of riding a dirt bike it's just laps 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 yeah it's a different era yeah. now man we had adam yeah. we had adam Cincerillo in studio uh a month ago and i said do you ever just get out and ride and go to the go hit jumps or anything he said no never would never yeah. do that yeah yeah, I, I think I listen to that podcast you know so yeah. you're not uh I, I listen to your podcast yeah I, I was yeah, just like, wow, holy, holy crap. You know, you just never, ever get out there. Just don't. Yeah, like you ever just do some transfers or something one day, just go out and play around. Or, mm-hmm. Like, that's what they all say. No, no, we can't do that. <laughs> it's very, very bizarre. They need your dad back building jumps. Swink and jump it. My dad was a madman on stuff like that. <laughs> I swear. Everybody's got hurt at my house. Honda would not let Jeremy McGrath come ride my house. <laughs> they told me he wasn't allowed to. Not allowed to go to yep. Big Jeans track, Supercross Death Track. Yeah. No. Well, I heard. Yeah, Red Dog told me some stories. So, um, Well, fantastic. Fly Racing Racer X Podcast presented by Alpine Stars and Maxis uh, with Gene Newmack. Thanks, Gene. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the time, man. Uh, Thank you, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosile Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. Absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, 
like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey.